with the person next to you, so just in pairs, I just want you to just tell your version of the nativity story to the person next to you in about one minute. Tell them that story of Jesus' birth. How did the birth of Jesus occur? You don't need to recount any of those things for the group as a whole, but it's just interesting to think, how do I know that story? How have I internalised this portion of scripture, which actually isn't huge? We're going to hear it in a moment from Daniel. Um, and it's, you know, it's a fragment of the enormity of the whole of the Bible, and we know it so, so well. And so now we're going to hear it, from the book of Luke. And I want you to think while you're listening to it, did I recall that bit? Did I know that part? Is there anything new in there that I hadn't noticed before? So Dan, over to you. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was, gov- was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town to Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there was a shepherd living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah of the Lord. This will be a sign to you. He will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning, had, concerning what had been told them about this child. And all, who had, and all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds said to them. But Mary tre- treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as, they, just as they had been told. I wonder which part of that you treasure most. I wonder what you treasure most as you hear that account of Jesus' arrival. It's so familiar to us, though, that we can somehow just go with the flow. Sometimes we might comedy it up, like the video we had. Sometimes it might be cartooned, like maybe on the front of a Christmas card. Maybe we just think it's ever so sweet, or ever so clean, or ever so twee, you know, all the lights and the twinkly magical stuff all around it. 
But actually, none of those things are true, are they? Because actually, if we looked at it just with our earthly eyes, it probably wouldn't have been quite so sweet, but maybe a bit scary for Mary and Joseph. Painful, very realistic, not at all cartoon-like, not clean and pristine, but dirty, noisy, not magical, something far greater, far beyond any idea of magic was going on here. Because to our eyes, what we see is something quite ordinary, a baby. We have baby Jordan, we have baby Isabella with us this morning. A a baby, we've all seen babies before. But baby Jesus contained in him the hope of the whole world. And if you just think about that for a minute, he didn't stay a baby in the manger, did he? But that is how he was first encountered physically on earth. Maybe it sounded a bit like this. How does that make you feel, that sound? Yeah, lots of you are smiling. It's a cute sound, isn't it? People might have, when they, when they met Mary and Joseph and their baby Jesus, they might have thought, oh, he's cute. Isn't he sweet? Maybe sometimes it sounded like this. I hope that doesn't wake up any of the other babies. <laughs> I wonder if perhaps when they heard that sound, they thought, uh-oh, he needs some food. He's hungry. He needs changing. He's dirty. He's unhappy about something. He needs burping. All these very ordinary things about the savour of the world as he came, fully God and fully man. I wonder what that noise made you think. If you have a baby right now, it might be that rush of adrenaline of, what do I need to do? (laughs) How about this sound? Oh, that's tickled some of you, hasn't it? And I wonder if Jesus, just being a beautiful baby and a beautiful little boy, made people smile and laugh. See, these things are all ordinary that we encounter every day. And on the outside, they just seem really normal, really simple, like everybody else. A baby that needs caring for, that needs looking after, that needs nourishment and love, that needs rocking to sleep, that needs attention in the middle of the night, as well as through the day. But there's so much more going on. Our physical eyes see a baby. Physical eyes see two parents. Physical eyes see place you really wouldn't expect or want a baby to be born 
in an animal's shelter. But maybe we could think of it a bit like this. If you watch a TV show, say a talk show, and you've got perhaps one, two or three people on the screen, and you're watching them, and that's what you see. And at the end of the show, all the credits go up, and there's hundreds of names of all these people that were involved in this particular 20 minutes that you've just watched. There's so much behind the scenes that's going on, and it's not magic, it is a spiritual act that has gone on. It's a cosmic event. When Jesus is born, it changes the course of history. It changes everything. It's always been planned. It's what God had in mind. And at the perfect time, he came. And that shift from the trap of death and destruction and doom suddenly got rerouted with a possibility to get back to the Father for the children that he loved so much to be returned and restored to him where he always wanted them to be. So behind this very real looking, I know not this one, but imagine, (laughs) a very real looking, very real sounding, probably very real smelling baby was the hope of the whole world. So much so that the angels tear back the heavens to announce his arrival in a very ordinary place. It's so much more than the eye can see and it's so much more than we can actually understand because God is so much bigger than we are. He's so much bigger than we'll ever know here on earth. And yet somehow, that's how he arrived to save us. Think back to those sounds. Would you have thought that all your hope and all your joy would come from one that sounded like that little giggling baby? Maybe when they've grown up. Maybe the hope's not there yet. Yes, fully, fully the hope of the world. Everything, fully God, fully man. In plan, ready to save the world. And so how can we see it if our physical eyes aren't enough? It is to see it with the eyes of our hearts with our spiritual eyes, with hearts open to God as we've prepared him room through Advent, hope rings out in a newborn's cry. We've been singing that phrase around in one of our souls over the last few weeks. And that's what we make room for, to know the hope for us, for all, and to share that hope with all. And it's something we see and hear and know with our hearts opened to God. So my encouragement to all of us this morning is that as we go through this celebration of Christmas today, and for the next however many days you celebrate, is to keep coming back to that point of opening up yourself and your heart to God. And just acknowledging that 
we don't quite understand it, we don't quite get it, and we're going to wonder in the mystery of it all. Because it is so wonderful. And one other encouragement is this. If you feel very ordinary, like I feel very ordinary, Jesus looked very ordinary. And his life, when he was born in this world, probably looked fairly ordinary. Yet he was no ordinary one. But that's what he does. He comes and he works with and in the ordinary. So as we open our hearts, it prepares room for him to come and dwell in us and to bring his extraordinary into our ordinary, to bring his supernatural into our natural. All of us can be vessels of the good news and hope and peace and joy and love of Jesus Christ. Amen.